0: Uh, hello, everybody. <laughs> hello. <laughs> I am joined today by someone I've, we've just realised we've
1: known each other for 15 years. Um, People have been in prison for less time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, this is Christy, Christy Grattan. Hello.
1: Hello. If you're expecting a girl, surprise. It's not a hormone imbalance.
0: (laughs) Come through, androgyny.
1: (laughs) Here we go. How very 21st century my parents were when they named me this (laughs) way back in the early 90s.
0: So, uh, Christy, tell me about what you do. What's your art, your work, your life?
1: Uh, So, my life is looking at the world um, and writing about it in a hopefully funny way. Mm. Uh, Yeah. I uh, write comedy, allegedly. People turn up, they pay and they laugh. So unless there's some sort of weird Truman Show type thing going on that I don't know about.
0: (laughs) They're all in on it. (laughs) They're
1: all in on it. And actually I owe them the money. Uh, Although if you've read my reviews, that tends to be the case. Um, Yeah, that's what I do. So I consider myself to be a comedian. Um, In a weird sort of way, uh, I feel like... Comedy was thrust upon me from a young sort of age.
0: You've always been a comedian. We went to school together, so I've known Christy for a very long time, and you were always one for a a performance.
1: Yeah, I don't know when that happened. It was strange. I mean, even being born, I remember... I don't know, at primary school I was never the tallest, I was never the best-looking, I was never the sportiest, I was never the... um, Whatever the other is. Funky. Funky. Yeah, I was never the funkiest. <laughs> Definitely the grooviest. Um, yeah, I was never any of those, but what I could do is make people laugh. And I think I found my niche. Mm. Um, I used to record with a next-door neighbour of mine. I used to record on one of those little... You had a little microphone, it went to a tape player.
0: Is it one of those microphones where if you put your mouth on it and suck, it'll crinkle?
1: Yeah, or or on, is it a proper... No, it was an a- no not one of those. One of those. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, an, okay. it was an actual mic and it had a... <laughs> those For of, those of you that know the 90s, um, it was like a little tape player, a little handle, you could transport it.
0: Oh, oh, I think I had a Barbie one.
1: Push, play, pause, and if you pushed two down together, yes. you could record.
0: You get the sweet spot and you record.
1: Yeah, and I used to record just shite with our next door neighbours. stories, oh. we used to make stories up from a really young age, and then we'd listen to them back.
0: Oh, that's nice, see, I just recorded myself singing on top of CDs on my own with like the echo thing, and I remember singing uh, uh, "Mad World" by a.
1: Well, what a what that was quite a deep deep lyric to go for yeah, there.
0: And um, what else is on now? Forty eight, <laughs> a bit of Atomic Kitten, a okay. bit of Evanescence.
1: Oh well, there you go. We're Just in, on my own. Venturing an angst. I actually saw Evanescence last year. Oh,
0: uh, good. Yeah,
1: no. Oh. but there we go. But there we go. Oh, <laughs> we'll park that.
0: That's a good re- review done.
1: <laughs> Why waste time on other words? Uh, yeah, um, so from a really, really young age we used to record stories and then every Christmas all the neighbours in our road used to get together on Christmas Eve and have a big Christmas party and all the kids would put on a show. Adorable. Um, which, looking back, was actually quite twee and idyllic childhood. It's funny how you look back That's on that. That's like
0: such a 90s Christmas film.
1: It really, it really was. Mm-hmm. And what we used to do is do what I like to call now alternate panto. I've mm-hmm. always been one for a strong female protagonist. So we did uh patricia pan which was peter pan yeah we had had ali din who was a female aladdin (laughs) um of which i always played the baddies and all of these those
0: are the best parts to play
1: um yeah and so we used to put them on and as i got older and new kids were born Mm. i would then direct the little kids and the cycle would continue my little sister always used to do tech always been very technological from about (laughs) the age of three um
0: so you have to audition all the babies
1: Oh, I used to just stick them in chorus. They they found their niche. Um, You know, my brother was always the animals. Uh, He didn't want lines. He just wanted a mask and an animal sound effect.
0: And you nurtured that.
1: And I nurtured that, yeah. And so um, I felt that I, in a way, groomed myself into this line of work. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, I sort of channeled that. And so primary school, secondary school, was in everything, performed in everything. Laughed at everything. Mm. It was a very good tool I found at secondary school for bullying, not mm. to bully. No, <laughs> I'd like say I don't condone that, um, but to deflect bullies because I, I found was that, yeah. I was never really bullied. But I think it was because I could always retort quicker than the bullies. Yeah, you, your
0: shield is so thick. If you can laugh at yourself anyway, or yeah. be wittier than the other kids and. I found that when I used to get picked off for being ginger and awkward and ugly. and Who would chill. do a thing like that? <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> All the meanie, older kids. Um, but yeah, like you just learn to, if you learn to laugh at yourself and come up with a few, like, come up with the jokes before anybody else does, you kind of.
1: You're one step ahead then. Yeah. You take the ammunition away and they've got nothing to use. I mean, I had a guy come up to me at school, the one guy that did try to have a go, hmm. and he said to me, for those of you that um, aren't psychic, I wear glasses so you can't see this. Um, he stormed up to me and said, "Shut up, four face." And I said, first of all, it's four eyes. <laughs> Secondly, if you're going to insult me, please do it properly." Uh, so you know, and he never did ever again. <laughs> yeah. So I think if you're going to throw it out there, throw it out there accurately. Yeah. Uh, but no, I think no comedian should take themselves seriously. Obviously, by that I don't mean don't take your work seriously. You have a good. You have to have a work ethic to be a comedian, or you're just a funny guy without the microphone and the audience. Mm. You're just a guy saying. Arguably controversial things to the wall, Mm. but um, no comedian should take themselves seriously. Likewise, I don't think there's anything off limits when it comes Mm. to comedy. Really,
0: do you ever? uh, How do you deal with like people's feedback? And do you ever have like any negative reviews or trolls or anything so far? You're not really um, don't have a strong online presence at the moment, do you? I'm sort of
1: yeah. I'm sort of in a up until this point, I've been quite anti-social media, which sounds quite counterintuitive in today's day and age for entertainment really. A lot of the people that see me, people that I've met and then word of mouth. Mm. I'm all for the grassroots movement really. Mm. Um, I took myself off Facebook probably three, four years ago. Mm. I, I, rather annoyingly when I now need to get back in contact with someone whose number I don't have, I have to kind of slip back yeah. in under the radar and try and message them or write something on their wall. Slide into
0: their DMs. Yeah, but
1: since I've away, uh, (laughs) since I've got rid of that, it's been like this noose of opinion has just been removed from my shoulders. Really,
0: that must be so freeing.
1: It is very freeing, and I think um, it's like that across the board of social media. I still do have an Instagram, which I quite like because Instagram, for me, and I talk about this in my current show, actually, is um, narcissism, but in its purest form. Because it's like bite-sized narcissism. You go on there specifically to look at things and to very briefly talk about what you're doing. You don't go on there pretending to have an opinion about something or, in the case of Facebook, you oh, sort Twitter's of... Twitter's like that. Yeah, you oh. go on there and Facebook, you've got everyone airing every bit of laundry on there and the ads that are now, you know, they've worked out how to target you with ads and things like that. There's none of that. You know, on Facebook, I had 1,001 friends. I don't like 100 people. I certainly don't like the remaining 901 people that are on there, or that are on there twice. I've got weird relatives on there that, or friends that said, I don't know whether they've been hacked or whatever, but you have multiple accounts of people that then re-add you, and yeah, no. And then you read some of the things back that you wrote from so many years ago, die inside.
0: My new thing is I go on my memories every day and delete all the stuff I said that's not at least the last four years because. I was an oversharer. Jesus, like Amy is enjoying her tagliatelle, yum yum, <laughs> things like that.
1: Well, that is a great thing. That is a great <laughs> uh, booster for Italian cuisine. Uh, uh, no, I used to. Me, it was song lyrics.
0: No. I used to no, write, but they'd that's be so MySpace because
1: nothing I listened to is probably post nineteen ninety-five. So it'd be yeah. all song lyrics from the eighties and the seventies, and that'd be me my fourteen year old self thinking I was really deep writing the best of Fleetwood Mac as a status. Yeah. Not really knowing the connotations of anything that I was writing about <laughs> reading it back. <laughs> okay. Oh,
0: awkward. You oh. you're we, we always an old soul. Like Always. We were old souls at school. Always like, yeah. We were always listening to like Queen, we were playing that a lot of music and old sitcoms and uh, stuff like that. that
1: I think this is uh, Uh, It's funny you use the word soul, because I think that's that's music, and obviously soul music is a genre of music, but there was soul in that, and there was soul in those old TV shows. I think the industry, I think social media and the conglomeration and all these small record labels and production houses being eaten by these giant ones has actually taken the soul away.
0: Oh, I never thought of that before.
1: Um, Which is why I think, I don't know, there's sort of like a hearkening inside of me to... Go back to there. I mean, insp- nothing, this is going to be a bold statement, really, ins- until people inspire me, but nothing, no new music really touches me the same way old music does. At all, mm. really. Unless it's someone from the past who then releases a new album. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Like, oh. They're back.
0: Cher's back with the Amma cover <laughs> album. I mean,
1: That's a dream. <laughs>
0: that is everything I've ever
1: wanted. <laughs> <laughs> everything anyone's ever wanted. Um, well,
0: speaking of inspiration, should yeah. we talk about. Your first little nugget of...
1: Inspiration.
0: Inspiration.
1: I can pin down the first time I made a class laugh. Oh. Which was, it was year six, and we were doing this alternative nativity show. It was meant to be, it was sort of like the nativity that goes wrong, which is hysterical, because they're currently in the West End and off West End, there's always plays that go wrong. I Mm. think there is a nativity that goes wrong, but this was one aimed at ten, eleven-year-olds. And I was sat at the back and we to, they put both two-year groups together and they were auditioning people and people were going up. And the role of Angel Gabriel came up, who's a key player in the nativity story, those yeah. non-Christian believers out there. Um, and this guy, I won't say his name, but this guy delivered the line. And even then I thought, that wasn't very funny. I thought I could do it better than that. But I was ter- I was actually terrified. I thought, I can't get up in front of the whole year group. I can't, I can't. And anyway, they called my name, and I did get up. And I delivered the line as I thought it should be done. And there was this silence. I thought, oh, it's a disaster. And then the, there was this beat, and then the whole two year groups burst out laughing. And the teachers went, well, you've got the part. And that was sort of the little spark that kind of channeled it off, oh, really. You were like,
0: oh, I like that.
1: Yeah, it was <laughs> this... Yeah, it's sort of this weird sicky feeling, which I presume was the first time I sort of really encounter adrenaline mixed mm. with oh, that's quite a powerful. Fi- I quite enjoy that feeling. Yeah, but yeah, that was the that was the first time. But what inspired me as a kid? I think the movie Chitty Chitty Bang Bang inspired me as a oh. child. Oh, how so? That is, uh, you know, it's. I'm gonna throw that out there as the best movie musical of all time.
0: I don't like it.
1: Ah, pourquoi?
0: It's scary and weird.
1: (laughs) Maybe that's why I like it.
0: I really hate the scene where she's like, you're my little...
1: Chuchy face. Yeah,
0: oh God, what are you doing? Stop it.
1: I mean, there's a child catcher in that film. That
0: didn't bother me. I thought, yeah, he was fabulous. Like, you know.
1: I just... He's just, a
0: bit quirky, a bit of a goth.
1: I think I love the phantasmagorical nature of the whole thing. I love the, the lyrics were genius, because they're all tongue twisters. The whole show is tongue twisters. Musically, yeah. it's clever. I love the fact that it starts off as one movie, and then suddenly we've gone off to Bulgaria, we're in a different movie. But
0: then everybody forgets about Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Well, all of a sudden it's not She flew him. them there. Yeah, early on. Never <laughs> she been. flew them
1: there, and then Baron Bomburst wants to take the car. That's why he kidnaps the... Grandad in the loo!
0: I think what I didn't like about it as a kid was that I got confused with all the Dick Van Dyke characters out there.
1: It's not Bert.
0: I was like, why is he not sleeping chimneys anymore?
1: Dick, what is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. I heard, because he doesn't, he does his normal accent in that movie. Okay. Despite the fact that his dad, played by Lionel Jeffries, is his English and his children are English and it's set in England. I hate that. Um, that he <laughs> fired his accent coach because he watched the rushes back of, because it, it was it was the oh. ne- next film he made after Mary Poppins. I like, heard they gave him the same accent, coach, and he watched the rushes back and said, "I'm not even going to bother doing a voice because that's that bad." So he just did his American it,
0: voice. His cockney is famously bad.
1: Oh, it's it's up there in the top John one. Merrick. <laughs> it's, it's it's having some sort of aneurysm at one point during <laughs> <Robin>. that <film. laughs> like uh,
0: John Merrick.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's actually that's is the the one of those fan theories. It's actually not about Mary Poppins at all. <laughs> it is the Elephant Man.
0: Uh, what other films would you say really? I remember watching some really trippy French animation at your house once.
1: We watched. Do you know what we did watch? We watched Yellow Submarine.
0: I don't think we did. Oh, did we not? We watched, like, something... Oh, we watched Belleville
1: Rendezvous! Rendezvous.
0: Yes! (laughs) Yes.
1: That's a great movie.
0: (laughs) I I think we must have been in year nine... And we already we were like, we're so cool for watching this arty we animation. French,
1: we watch French films that are in French.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Just two 14-year-olds.
1: <laughs> That's amazing. No, for those of you that don't know what Belleville Rendezvous <laughs> is, Belleville Rendezvous is a French animation about a granny and a dog who go to rescue her grandson, who is a, a cyclist in the Tour de France, yeah. who is used by like the French mafia as part of like a weird betting situation, so they have them on, they have drugs pumped into them. I mean, why they show this to kids? I don't think they did show this to kids. I think I just, as always, acquired the movie.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And she goes to rescue him, basically, with the help of three very elderly French singers who used to be swinging in the 20s.
0: And just, the animation was just so bizarre. It's
1: very trippy. It's,
0: the fluid motions, like, it, it... I don't remember the story at all. I just remember being transfixed by how everything's drawn. And it's we were like, the metaphors, man. The,
1: the metaphors. metaphors. <laughs> the metaphors. I, I think it's, it's got incredible music in it. Because yeah. it, it's... The three old ladies that help him were, were jazz singers in the 20s. So it's got a lot of kind of 20s mm. razzle-dazzle about it. I completely forgot it was you I watched that film with. Yeah. Isn't it weird? That's lodged in my brain. But I would quite an interesting charter with movies. Because my parents... My dad's a rock singer. So I'd quite... Um, a uh, relaxed view on what is uh, allowed for kids to watch and not allowed for kids to watch. Mm. See, I remember going to a boy's house. It was when Bridget Jones came out, yes. and his mum wouldn't let us watch it because it had naughty words in it.
0: Oh no! And we were about <laughs>
1: well, Hugh Grant bumbling a
0: few naughty words. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes, whilst
0: oh, he said ass.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whilst maybe it was the fight with him and Mark Darcy at the end. Whilst I remember watching The Evil Dead when I was eight.
0: Yeah, I watched Jurassic Park from a very young age.
1: That was going to be my next film. Yeah. Jurassic Park <laughs> yes! is up there. <laughs> Jurassic <laughs> Jurassic Park, for me, first of all I synonymise that with Christmas, because it's always on at Christmas. Yeah. And do you know what I also realised very recently, that I'd never seen the beginning of Jurassic Park, properly. <gasps> Shoot her! Yes, I always thought it started with... <laughs> Dennis. No, not Nedry, I always thought it started with uh, Sam Neil in the Desert.
0: Oh no! Yeah, because that's my, the bad scene in.
1: I think my dad. I, I would like to think it was because my dad thought, oh, my son's too young to watch this violent beginning. I actually think it was probably because he was too drunk to get the video in the video player at the right time. Because we used to record everything off the telly. I never had any films oh,
0: until yeah, yeah. I was much
1: older. Did I have VHSs that were meant to be in the box they were in?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to. We used to record stuff off telly too, and I would design the. Cover
1: for the VHS. Oh, see. That no, was we just little had a full
0: circle there.
1: You know, you'd, just op- you'd open the mummy and inside would be Jumanji, and then you'd open Jumanji and there'd be Aladdin. You'd just go <laughs> on and on.
0: Oh, kids today will never
1: know. They'll never know. <laughs> They'll never know. <laughs> As you around it back. Or pause.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And they're suddenly going up and down the whole time. <laughs> no, Jurassic Park. I still want that to be real. Yeah. And I'm sure somewhere in the world, in some laboratory, it already is. But I think that should be real.
0: The book talks about that a lot, about the whole um, race to Biologically engineer all these things, mm. which was true because, like, it was the same
1: year as the book, wasn't it? Almost, was I'm it... not
0: sure. I've got the book somewhere, I think it was, was late 80s. Yeah. I think, like, it was pretty soon after, maybe about five years. But, um, but, um, but yeah, it really goes on about the whole, yeah, sciencey shit to it. <laughs> That's, A step you heard
1: of it here. Watch <laughs> Jurassic Park or read the book because it's full of the who shit to it.
0: Uh, um, I you know, was, um, I kind of realized recently why I am fascinated with Jurassic Park, and it wasn't kind of with the dinosaurs. The fact that you don't, I said, said this in the last episode. You can never see them unless it's an illustration. There's no photographs. There's nothing. It's just purely like you have to create it with like your imagination and like what you got in front of you. Um, but Other also, than just bones. Yeah. But also, it's a pretty feminist film.
1: Yeah. Ellie I mean, Ellie goes the... out there and the daughter. What's that, the granddaughter? She,
0: the, the whole, she saves the freaking day.
1: She's a hacker.
0: She's a hacker. This, like, 14-year-old kid who's scared of everything. It's, she saves the day. Ellie's, like, this sick, like, botanical scientist who knows all this stuff. And all oh, the dinosaurs are female.
1: They are all female. And then they
0: all figured out, hold on.
1: We need a few men in here. We need some
0: peen
1: up in here. We need some peen up in here, hence The Lost World. Yeah. We need peen and Julianne Moore. Yeah. That's what we need. Yeah. Who doesn't? Oh, I
0: love Julianne Moore in the second one. Who
1: doesn't? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, no, I think Jurassic Park for me was absolutely one of those films. Um, what other films are to still There There's a movie called Champ, which is like a poor man's Rocky. I don't know if you've ever seen no. Champ. And he's a boxer and he has a son. And in the end he gets hit in the head and he dies.
0: Oh, shit.
1: And I used to sit in my dad's arms, crying my eyes, because my dad used to call me Champ. Predator. You ever seen Predator? No. Amazing. There were a few films that my dad would sit down with me and watch, but it was The Evil Dead, which for a child... I'd just like to condone to all parents out there, do not allow your children (laughs) to watch The Evil Dead. Or do, actually. The 70s Evil Dead, because that's funny. Not the new one. Um, The Evil Dead... Predator, which is amazing, Arnold Schwarzenegger in the wilderness versus an alien mm, yeah. with, on an 80s budget, just genius Fabulous. but there's something about those movies and it's like Jurassic Park, the graphics have aged so well, Yes. because of almost because of the limitations of the time they couldn't get any better so they're sort of stuck in this, same with Predator People watch it back and go, oh, it's not as good as now. But now, you can do anything now. Yeah. Now, now, it wouldn't be about the story. It will be about how amazing can we make this giant explosion-y dinosaur death be.
0: CGI ages, puppets never will.
1: Oh, I like that. You can quote
0: that, guys.
1: <laughs> that's, the, that's the tagline for this week's episode. CGI ages, puppets never will. That is so true.
0: <laughs> it is, isn't it? Because you watch, um, oh, what did I watch the other day... Um, Toy Story. Hmm. Do you remember how mind blowing that was? I
1: remember it was going to cinemas.
0: Uh, Andy is fucking scary. If <laughs> you look into his like mm. in the eyes. Basically,
1: Andy is Sid but without the buzz cut. Yeah,
0: yeah, and the mum. Um, but obviously that's a, that's like a milestone thing. Like we hmm. can't diss that one. Um, but you know when e- they brought back E T. and just yeah. put the CGI E T in some of the scenes. You're know, like, what? I mean, well, they did I that got... with.
1: They did that with Star. They did that with all of Star. Wars. Yeah,
0: yeah. Takes off the fantasy.
1: You want them to. You want Yoda to be a man with Frank Oz's hand up his bottom. That's what you want. Yeah,
0: that's what I signed up for.
1: I, I want an alien prostate exam <laughs> on film. Yeah. I do not want that to be computer animated. Thank you. Yeah. Um, no, uh, the live action 101 Dalmatians with Glenn Close. Oh. My grandma took me to see my first two films, which were Babe.
0: Oh, Poignant horrifying. Poignant and horrifying. horrifying. And. I can't do Dis- old men.
1: And Disney's 101 Dalmatians, the live action, which is equally quite scary, but both full of animals. Because mm. I'm animal obsessed. Other than yeah. making people laugh, animals are my next sort of thing, really.
0: I, funny you said that because I had this daydream where I was thinking about 101 Dalmatians and I'm. Um,
1: I can quote that, by the way. Is it
0: Jeff Daniels who's in it?
1: Uh, Jeff, The mighty Jeff Daniels was yeah. very big in the 90s and is now quite big again.
0: I think that character of Roger. He must be minted now because he was designing video games before video games kind of became...
1: I just love the fact <laughs> that they went, it's the 90s, he can't be a musician anymore, we'll make him design nobody, video games. Nobody
0: listens to jazz. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, I mean, the person to blame in that whole movie is Jolie Richardson because she came up with a design anyway and Cruella comes in and sees her design for the dress. Oh, you
0: can't blame the artist, man. She was just doodling.
1: But she owned the dog. I mean, she basically inspired...
0: Oh, Yeah. That's like me doodling a headdress made out of Charlie.
1: Yeah, out of. Uh, that's some- a rabbit, by the way. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> and then someone go, oh, that's
1: nice. <laughs> I'll have oh, that. Oh, no, this is
0: just my sadist. No, this
1: is doodle. just my weird takeout on my dog <laughs> yeah, that I'm the- not going to kill but secretly draw death of. Uh, <laughs> I
0: never thought of that.
1: I wanted suits of her outfit. I wanted Cruella's outfits, but in suit. Cruella form.
0: is like. Actually, a hero. I used
1: to fancy the pants off of Glenn Close in that yeah. movie. That is such a weird thing to say. No,
0: she's like powerful. She's she owns a fashion line. She knows what she wants. She's got Hugh Laurie on speed dial. She's
1: got Hugh Laurie and Mark Williams <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> there.
0: Um,
1: Do yeah. you think the carpets match the drapes when it comes to Cruella's? What, like, I didn't think
0: this is where my podcast would be going. (laughs) Or, like, one half black, one half white. You know what? I think it would be on brand, and I want to say yes.
1: I think it would be. I think it would be like, oh, we've appeared to have got some sort of dominoes going on down there. But, like,
0: before she goes crazy and her hair's gone, it'd be kempt. What's, like, the first film that made you want to write comedy?
1: Johnny English I adored. Blackadder I adored. Mm. Um, The Mousetrap with Lee Evans, which is the remake of The Mousetrap.
0: Oh, Um, I remember that I went and
1: saw it for my birthday and my cousin Tara came and she came and didn't laugh at any of it and then I then found out Tara, if you're listening that you'd already been seeing it (gasps) <gasps> but they came because it was my birthday. My mum didn't tell me because she didn't want to ruin it for me. Oh, that's me. quite sweet. So she quite sweetly came, but she could have pretended to enjoy it again, and afterwards she went, well, I've already seen it once, so I don't need the jokes, and then there you go. She's
0: like, Tara's like, I've got better things to do with my time than when they watched Lee
1: Evans and Nathan Lane in the mousetrap twice. Uh, that was quite
0: a big geek for Lee Evans. That's really random.
1: He sort of uh, he went into Hollywood and left Hollywood after that, I think. Yeah. I always wanted to do... See, I always liked Indiana Jones because I always liked... He had this amazing, dry, sarcastic tone, which I've later realised is just Harrison Ford in anything. But which he is why I this,
0: love him. Which, For the listeners out there, I do have a framed photo of Harrison Ford in the 80s shirtless.
1: Very shirtless. Which
0: <laughs> was a gift from a friend. Michael, if you're listening, hey!
1: I mean, how old do you reckon he was, there? He must have know. at least have been 40, though. He was 35 when he started,
0: actually. No, I, I think that's like Blade Runner time.
1: Oh, there we go. Yeah, there you go. Callista, you've done well. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I love the, the... I loved guys that were funny, but also g- kind of good at what they did, as opposed to just kind of like buffoons. Like, Mr Bean was a buffoon. Yeah. But Rowan Atkinson as Johnny English, he was a spy, but he was also s- stupid.
0: Yeah, there's substance to the yeah, stupid. Yeah,
1: there's kind of... It's stupid, but like in context.
0: That should be my nickname. <laughs>
1: <That's> <laughs> there's substance, substance to the stupid. Uh, <laughs> uh, um,
0: I wonder if Indiana Jones actually secretly inspired me to be a freelancer because, you know, he's got the day job he's the doc, He's a doctor in archaeology that's
1: Henry Jones Jr. you're talking yeah. about right there yeah. and then,
0: like, he had him Montana's in the evening and does, like, freelance archaeology gigs, you know, he was a grafter beautiful grafter
1: beautiful, <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, I like movies like Blazing Saddles Richard Pryor um
0: Monty Python?
1: Do you know? Funny enough, no, not Monty Python. Really interestingly, which is going to just going to throw everyone off kilter. Yeah. Yeah. No, I never was into Monty Python. Very
0: whimsical. I'm
1: still not into Monty Python. Really, actually, Faulty Towers, yes. Mm. The best two series of anything ever written, really. Mm.
0: My dad loved Only Fools and Horses. Basically, UK TV gold was my my childhood. Mm.
1: It was just it was comedy in the face of. Real adversity. You know, with Fawlty Towers, you had Lunatic running a failing hotel and failing. Blackadder, you had a guy always trying to achieve something and fail. You, you, When you pit that against.
0: They're all anti heroes as well. Yeah,
1: that, that I think is what did appeal to me as, as a.
0: Because is a bit of an arsehole.
1: But there's a sort of almost sexy kind of anti hero kind yeah. of thing going on there.
0: Because you've got Delboy, he's not he's like not the best egg in the world, but we all love but him. But
1: he's doing his best yeah, he's for drafted. his brother and his yeah. granddad.
0: <laughs> my favourite dynamic is Del Boy and Rodney. Like just them two together. The contrast is I'm such a Rodney, I think.
1: You you're the Nicholas Lindhurst in this situation. Yeah. Or a good night sweetheart.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm Vicar Dibley. Yes. we always remi- Don French always remind me of my mum because she, you remember the tartan pajamas that Dawn French yes, would wear. She yeah. My mum had exactly the same ones, and they had the same hair and everything. And we watched it together, and Alice Tinker. I mean, all right, Vicar? One of my favourite characters. Ever. No, 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 no. <laughs> knowing <Yeah>. me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now you. <laughs> I mean, my my comment, my comedy hero, I should say heroine is Joan Rivers.
0: Ah, oh, I never knew this.
1: Absolutely, her timing. I mean. She's a trail, just a complete trailblazer. Had she been a man, she would have been a multi-billionaire and probably not as funny because she wouldn't have needed to have worked so hard.
0: Yeah, her material was all about, like, just working hard and cutthroat. And...
1: If, you, if you watch when she first was on The Tonight Show in 1966, she was making jokes back then, which sound now like really mild jokes, but back then were completely shocking jokes. Mm. And she never ever let that stop her. She never let her husband's suicide stop her. Mm. She never let getting kicked off the Tonight Show by Johnny Carson, who never spoke to her ever again because she was funnier than he was.
0: Her biggest fear was not having anything in her diary.
1: Have you seen the movie on her life? I have not. It's like a. It follows her for a year, mm. and she had her diary, and she shows. She gets the diaries out from like 20 years ago, and they're packed, and then she's. I mean, she died worth 150 million dollars and still thought she had no money. I find, yeah, I mean, again, all the com- the comedians I like are dead. Don Rickles, who played Mr. Potato Head, as you'll know him from Toy yeah. Story, died last year, age 90-something. Oh. Um, he was best friends with Joan Rivers, but they, mm. the two of them, they used to be called insult comics, but they weren't... They used to actually make you think about something. They would take a situation, mm. they'd challenge it, they wouldn't just accept it.
0: We live in a world now where, like, people call you out on Twitter and destroy a career from, like, having an <laughs> offensive joke. In air quotes,
1: a joke is a joke.
0: Yeah,
1: people mistake a joke when they mistake the subject of the joke for a target and in the context.
0: Joke. Like, people, you can't take a joke out of context, and then like
1: it's it's a joke. Uh, jokes are this is the, It just shows the power of a joke. Mm. Because if you're offended by a joke, that's a, that's your issue. That's not the joke's issue. That's your reaction to that joke.
0: Because
1: mm. the next person could laugh, you know.
0: Mm. I and mean, I guess sometimes it's like it's fear of offending people that I've gone through yeah. stuff. But like, Ricky Gervais talks about it in one of his most recent uh, interviews. It was like, you're in an arena full of people. You can't ask everybody what person... Could you fill this questionnaire yeah. before
1: you come in? And all we'll make jokes about are things that are not particularly exciting at all.
0: Yeah, like, horrible things happen to everyone. But it's, like, it's all about taste and context. And if it's a well-written, thoughtful joke, if it's a terrible... Yeah, the, the worst, path.
1: to me, a bad joke is a joke that's told badly, yeah. or a joke that's written badly,
0: or just not thoughtful or insightful.
1: You know, nine times out of ten, you could see a, a joke and you think, "Oh, I wish I'd tweet that. Oh, I wish mm. if I'd done that, I would have spun it." Or that's a bad joke, just mm. the, the construction of the joke. The content, the subject matter of a joke is you're telling a joke about life, and therefore you can tell a joke about anything. Whether you're going to divide the audience is an entirely different debate, mm, yeah. but. Yeah, no, I don't shy away from anything really.
0: Have you ever had any issues in your gigs with anyone in the audience?
1: The people that come and see me are there because they sort of know me, Hmm. so they kind of there's a there's a preamble. I mean, I'd, I'd love new people to come, obviously, all the time, but. I, I wouldn't describe myself as a controversial individual. It makes you sound a bit like Che Guevara and I'm going <laughs> to wear a beret and run around Argentina. Oh, oh
0: he's controversial.
1: <laughs> oh. oh, he mixes it up. He does. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, Marmite, um, which is the worst. Don't you hate that? And people say, oh, I'm such a Marmite person. You know already I'm not going to like you.
0: I think I'm, I find Marmite okay.
1: I love Marmite. I neither
0: hate it nor love it.
1: Oh, you're ambivalent to <laughs> Marmite.
0: Yeah. I'm in
1: the middle. I grew up on, on Marmite. The From four to 16, my mum made me a Marmite sandwich every day for lunch. Um. Which explains my yeast problem. No. Um. am I
0: going <laughs> to say? Which explains my yeast
1: infections. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for which I've had multiple. Um, I, I've always uh, never gone with the norm. I always, think I always want to challenge a subject or query a subject.
0: And with comedy, like... You're the, you're the one who gets booed if you do say you're offended by something like this like i get with like tv and stuff mainstream i you know you kind of have to censor some stuff and make sure to, like but when when you go to a gig all bets are off
1: i agree i think you. it's like uh
0: you go there to be shocked if anything the whole it's more sacred now because you don't see that stuff on TV anymore.
1: No, I agree with you. I agree. Especially this country's terrestrial TV. Mm. I think, thanks to things like Netflix and Amazon, um, it tends to sadly be, just because that's where the money's coming from, America,
0: mm.
1: you do the more cutting-edge comedy yeah. tends to now be on there. I'm not saying that every comedian should go out there and shock you. There are loads of comedians that not tame, but you know their material is less... Mm. Polarizing, But even they, I think you're, there's a constraint there. I've completely lost my train of thought. Do you know why I've lost my train of thought? Because I've on. just seen your book of The Wind and the Willows by Kenneth oh, Graham. Yeah. That used to inspire me as a kid. Did yeah. I used to love that book. I always wanted to be toad.
0: I've never read it, which is why I picked it up. You've I, never
1: read The Wind and the Willows? No,
0: and it's on my list of things to illustrate, and I found that in a charity bookshop. <laughs> How inn- dare
1: you illustrate a book you've never read. <laughs> <I know. laughs>
0: what Who do you think you <laughs> are? It's got
1: a frog in it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I know. I know it's your frog. Is there a badger? There is a badger.
0: Yeah? No, there's a car. There's Ratty,
1: but he's actually a water vole.
0: Mm. And I know the frog goes in drag or something.
1: The frog goes in what?
0: Gets in drag.
1: <laughs> oh yes, Toad does get in drag to escape from prison.
0: Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, I'm well excited. So, one last final thing that inspires you? Any music or
1: uh, I was actually going to say, no, actually... Um, What does inspire me, and this is going to sound really overly prophetic, is um, the women in my life. Because my mum is one of three girls, and my uh, grandma had a pretty rough time bringing those three up, and then all three of them, sadly, um, the men in their lives have left their lives in not particularly brilliant ways. But not one of them has ever sat and moped and let life get on top of them or say they can't cope. They've all done amazing things. They've all now met amazing new people. They've all gone out there. They've all got great jobs. Their kids have grown up to be great. In fact, they've got grandkids, most of them now, who've also turned out to be great. Um, Mm. I'm just, they're sort of the heroines in my life, really. Women in general tend to wow me on all levels because men can be quite rubbish, really, Mm. as a man. And I, this isn't me bad, I'm amazing, I've had the same circle of guy friends since I was about three. And they're great, in their own peculiar way. Yeah, they've never, they've, their attitude is always you can do something, not you can't do something.
0: That's very inspiring.
1: And I don't mm-hmm. think they've realised quite how inspiring they are, because they believe me, thankfully none of them are like me, they all live quite ordinary lives. <laughs> I don't
0: think anyone's quite like you, <laughs>
1: Christy. <laughs> you know, they all live quite ordinary, quiet lives, but they... um. Well, no, I don't know if that's doing them a disservice saying they live ordinary lives, really. They live lives out of a spotlight. They would hate that. Mm. They love to come watch other people, but not them. I don't know, I just think, I just oh. think living... I think uh, other things... Living each day as if it's your last, which is a phrase that makes, you know, people have it tattooed and they have it on the wall at university. And But until you have things happen to you where that throws that into context, mm. usually death... Mm. Um, which we had a few, two, three years ago now, and I was on tour in, in a show in Manchester, and I suddenly... You just feel completely helpless. You're hundreds of miles away, and there's nothing you can really do. But then you do think, okay, you've got a finite amount of time now. Why are you bothering to worry about stupid, trivial little things? And you do slip back into that, but then you kind of remind yourself, actually, you've got one shot...
0: I think there's a big thing where it's like you can't base your life on what how old you think you were meant to do things by. Mm. That's a big thing especially for like girls. It's like, oh, I want to be, I've, I've, I've always thought... TikTok taught,
1: biological clock. Yeah, uh, yeah. I
0: always thought, oh, I'll have my first baby at 27 because that's when my mum had me and it's all great. I'm, I'm 27 in March, Christy, I'm not ready. I'm <laughs> not ready. I don't want
1: to let them go. I'm not ready for this. My eggs are not ready.
0: And like, yeah, and like when you, you always compare yourself to other people around you and you think, my everyone's milestones are different.
1: Well, this is the thing. This is why when I got rid of the majority of my social media, mm-hmm. I don't know whether it was me that came up with this quote or I heard this quote or so apologies in advance for plagiarism. But when I got rid of that, it... You stop focusing on the world and you start focusing on your life?
0: Yeah, the amount of hours I spend just scrolling.
1: It's you, inspiring
0: you're, to a limit, depending on the content you're seeing. But, but just,
1: there's too much... You're spread too thin, you're looking everywhere. It's like being a, a child in a candy store, you know? Mm-hmm. And eventually you have to the barriers come down and you need to narrow into your life. Because your life is what's going to make a difference to that world. Not watching the rest of it.
0: Are you ready for a metaphor? Fire away. L- like Social media is like an art gallery... If you keep looking at all the paintings, you're never going to sit down and paint your own.
1: Oh, did you come up with that? I
0: literally just came up with that That right was now.
1: lovely. we have had quite a few of them in this yeah. so far, haven't we? I'm quite enjoying this.
0: <laughs> this is Metaphor Hour with <laughs> Amy and Christy.
1: <laughs> the Metaphor Hour, sponsored by accurate. <laughs> the
0: podcast nobody wanted. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do some quick fire stuff.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: If you were to cast yourself as the movie of your life, who would you cast young Christy, current Christy and old Christy?
1: Young Christie,
0: is that a bit hard, Young Christie? Should we do current Christie and old Christie?
1: Uh, who I'd like to be me, or who would be me? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Both. <What've> you got.
1: <laughs> I think who I'd like to be me—he's dead now. I'd quite like Roger Moore. Oh, dead or alive? Yeah, I think I'd quite like Roger Moore to play me. I think.
0: Yeah, at what stage of Roger Moore?
1: I think Roger Moore, the Saint Roger Moore, before Bond. Okay. When he was a good-looking, suave, troubleshooting '60s playboy. Just like you. Just like me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I think probably in real life someone will play me probably. I don't know. The voice tends to ruin it. But I think. uh, I do get people say I look like Cillian Murphy. Is it Cillian Murphy? Who's the guy in Peaky Blinders? Really? Yeah. When I used to have longer hair. I'm I'm trying to imagine you
0: without a beard.
1: Yeah, the beard isn't. Had I come in my Peaky Blinders outfit today, which unfortunately (laughs) I left in my other suitcase.
0: Um, I I only left my horse at home.
1: (laughs) I did. He's currently at a Bristol... He's in Birmingham. Birmingham. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Helen McCrory's looking after him. I don't know, um, or maybe... I said James
0: Nesbitt. James
1: Nesbitt, definitely. My dad, hilarious fact, my dad is Irish, but my dad has brown eyes. James Mm. Nesbitt has blue eyes. Mm. My dad, at a Saints football match, has signed four autographs as James Nesbitt. (laughs)
0: Did you put on the accent?
1: Well, he just. He just they, it's such
0: an accent, They though. came up
1: to him and they were like, You're James Nesbitt, and he just carried on, and that was it, there we go.
0: Okay. I think I would cast current Christie. Maybe, like, is Daniel Radcliffe offensive to you?
1: Yeah, he's quite dark, like, yeah. because he?
0: Especially now, he's not Harry Pottery anymore.
1: Oh, he's not Harry Pottery anymore, no, he no. got through the alcoholism and came and out I'm the like other side. James
0: Nesbitt is older, Christie, I yeah,
1: think. Yeah, that's quite a nice pairing, I'll take that. That could yeah. have been a lot worse.
0: It could have been. Could I could have, been. have said Rowan Atkinson. You could,
1: and I would have walked out. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> but like the whole thing's dubbed by like Stephen Fry.
1: <laughs> That's, yeah, you need to like mash the voice up. If you could have Jason Isaac's Lucius Malfoy voice yeah. and attach it, or Jason Isaac's, i have quite Jason happy.
0: Isaac's is a good shout dark hair.
1: Actually, because he's got dark hair and blue yeah. eyes. Yeah, actually, no, I'd take that by the way, Jason, you are one of my favourite actors. <laughs> I've loved you since The Patriot.
0: Yeah. Um, and Daniel Radcliffe, don't be offended that I thought he'd no, be I'd offended. No,
1: I'll I had the Harry Potter glasses. So yeah. uh, and I've got a scar.
0: Oh, see, there we go. That's
1: when I tripped over a bridge and a bolt impaled my head.
0: Yeah. Oh. Which is in your new which comedy in, show. Which is
1: in my new show. Plug Away. Plug Away, uh, Five Lives Left, which is basically um, the old adage, Cats have nine lives at the age I've got to. Mid-twenties, nondescript number. Um, I uh, feel that I've used four of them up by about now, possibly five. Mm. So that's where five lives left come from. And I talk about the um, four times I've come close to physical death, but I also talk about the times where I've wanted the ground to swallow up and kill me, Mm. people I've wanted to kill. Mm. The list is ever growing.
0: When do you reckon you'll be ready to gig?
1: So I'm currently doing warm-ups. I'm actually on in three weeks at the Point Theatre in Eastleigh, doing some material. Um, so I'm probably going to be doing warm-ups up towards start of January. Or I believe I'm actually doing a festival in Scotland, and potentially the big Edinburgh festival this year. I did it last year and had a blast. Some friends of mine were up there this year, but unfortunately I didn't get to see them. From what I've gathered, they spent most of their time in airports and trains, because they all went wrong. So, if you are going to go to a festival, <laughs> top tip, plan ahead, guys. Don't go up the day you're doing the show and have ten minutes to come out of the taxi and run onto a stage. Um,
0: what other tips would you have for aspiring writers and comedians?
1: When it comes to comedy, the biggest hurdle... It depends which background you've had. Because I trained as an actor. I've acted for years. Drama school, university, whatever. So, a lot of people, it's getting up onto the stage and all these faces staring at you is the biggest hurdle, I think. I would say, if you're going to do stand-up comedy, book yourself a gig that is imminent, i.e. the next week or the next two weeks, because it gives you a short deadline. I think people work best to short deadlines. Mm. I do, because it scares you. Mm, Something about adrenaline makes you create your best work, I think. Yeah. When When I did Edinburgh... This is is a how not to do Edinburgh, by the way, what I'm about to tell you. When I was in Edinburgh last year, and I was in a two-man show, we had the show, and when you book an Edinburgh Festival show, you have to book in March in order to be in the programme and all of that. Obviously, the festival is until August, so a lot of people have ridiculous names for their shows because they need a name, they don't even have a show. So we got the idea for a show, and on our genius plan, I said, oh, let's start it with an A, because then we'll be at the beginning of the programme.
0: Yes, my name always comes up first on, like, portfolio websites. What
1: we didn't (laughs) know is that numbers come before letters in the Edinburgh Fringe programme, so we were still a page 103...
0: because everybody else because
1: everyone because everyone was is this why
0: your new show is called nine (laughs) lives
1: five (laughs) Five lives left left. yeah Uh, so (laughs) top tip don't do that Um, what we also didn't do was write the damn thing until probably about (laughs) two three months before now my writing partner at the time lived in Glasgow and I live on the south coast of England so we wrote via the magic of Skype which is great when it works Uh, not great when it doesn't work um, which when is you, all of the time. Which is ninety eight percent of the time, um, and then uh, we had the problem of when you write with someone. Obviously, it's a lot slower than when you write on your own. Usually, you get the best work because one of you will say a joke, the other one will try and top that joke, and then you'll try and top my joke, and then you get what would have been a joke that was a two. You then end up usually with a sort of a six or a seven. What we then realised is we didn't really have a story; we just had a load of jokes. So we then had to turn it into a story. Uh, and then when we got there, it was a new venue, and there were issues with the venue. and The show was called Awake, by the way, and it was set at Awake. Everything that could go wrong after a funeral went wrong. And obviously at Awake, you have a buffet, don't you? Usually people... Because mm. I always think... Usually
0: a very nice buffet. I always
1: think when I'm sobbing over the death of a loved one, a hot sausage mm. roll is exactly what I need. Mm. And uh, we went, and so we had this spread, and we said to the venue, can we please put this in your fridge for the next... Show. Because we spent a lot of money on this spread, and I thought, we can carry this over more than one performance. We don't know what happened during the night, but the venue we were in turned into a bar after we were in it, and it would appear that someone had opened the fridge and the food had spilled everywhere. <gasps> and so we came in the next morning to do the show, well, the setup of the show, and there was coleslaw all over wine, there was mayonnaise everywhere, there were breadsticks asunder. Oh, no. And so, very angry... Uh, person i was doing the show with had to go out and get new food out of the budget and for those of you that do edinburgh to make money don't go because everyone makes the loss edinburgh is about the community the experience of being around amazing talent meeting people the camaraderie that being said we made less of a loss than i thought we were going to so that's something
0: that's something yeah yeah one more little juicy tip
1: uh write about what you know write about what you see buy a dictaphone if an idea comes into your head you might look a bit of a crazy person but talk into it or write it down mm. post-it notes are great um I always think creativity is like a muscle I try and write every day because if I have a few days off I really struggle to get back into that's it again. so
0: true same with drawing like I I get really lazy like Emails, digital work, all that shit takes over. And like i sometimes like, when was the last time I drew a picture? <laughs> and then you, think, I can't do. draw. It, it, yeah. is,
1: it is like, a, and then you, you have to wind the cog back up again. And then once you're rolling, you're fine. Mm. Just keep, don't stop that. Keep that foot on the gas pedal. That's why I do short deadlines. Because then you've always got the pre- that fear of mm. the pressure being in the background over your yeah. head. It drives you on. And once you get up onto a stage... People are there to be entertained. They're not there to come and not be entertained. No. So in a sense, they're already on your side.
0: You've got a few knobheads who are there to like heckle, but...
1: you know they, I find with hecklers, they tend to hang themselves with their own rope because mm. they're usually drunk mm. because most people haven't got the guts to shout out in front of 40 other people or mm. 400 or 4,000. Um, and so just let them talk and talk. You're the one with the microphone, mm. you know you're being projected through speakers. They're not. They tend to embarrass themselves. But
0: So that kind of goes full circle with uh, bullies.
1: Yes, again, bullies. bullies. are hecklers. Bullies are hecklers, are people that take the credit for things that they shouldn't take.
0: I don't know any of the boys called Christie. Is an irish Well, well
1: very rare. Well, this is interesting, because I talk about this in my show. Ah. Um, triumph in the face of adversity. Even my own name caused consternation it's such
0: at a young age. It's a boy named Sue all It, it, it,
1: it actually is. <laughs> Johnny Cash was onto to something. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so Christy is actually the Irish uh, kind of slang for Christopher.
0: Okay.
1: I was born Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-E, which my mum and dad changed because they thought it'd be jazzy. Um, so what
0: was it supposed to be?
1: I believe it's Christy with a Y, C-H-R-I-S-T-Y, as in Christy. See, I
0: think that's more feminine.
1: What, with a Y? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think they changed it to make it more masculine with an I-E. Ah, oh, okay. But um, the name actually stems from Italy in like the 12th century. Oh. And it comes from the ancient Greek, before it was Italian, for um, Messiah.
0: <laughs> for fuck's sake, of course it is.
1: <laughs> or son of God. So, you know. And here
0: know, he is, ladies and gentlemen. They were onto something. We found him. <laughs> He's back.
1: I'm back. I mean, to be fair, I didn't need Google to tell me that because whenever I bump into someone I haven't seen in ages, the first thing they say to me is, "Oh Christ!" So there we go. And I'm going to start a search for other male Christies because they are out there. I, I have people that know people that know people, and the minute they mention a Christie, it's me that comes up because it's only you know, like a seven. Do de- was it six degrees of separation or was it between yeah. everyone? I think in the South Coast, I've got that covered.
0: Isn't there six degrees of separation with Kevin Bacon? There's well, like, everyone
1: knows someone that knows Kevin Bacon?
0: There's this- I remember going on this thing- Surely there's ago. everyone
1: that knows someone that knows everyone, and therefore he is just one of those people. I
0: think if you type any, uh, celebrity name, it'll tell you how they're related to Kevin Bacon. <laughs> the Oracle of Bacon.
1: Oh, this is an actual thing, the yeah. Oracle of Bacon.
0: I don't think it'll work with our names, but pick a famous person.
1: Okay, let's- <laughs> let's go for- Gandhi. Gandhi
0: found G- you was in a space travesty 2000.
1: So Gandhi was, was in the space travesty 2000. I?
0: would
1: <laughs> like to say many years before the year 2000. Was there someone
0: else called Gandhi?
1: It's not like David Gandhi.
0: Let's try someone else. Let's okay, let's try. try. Let's try.
1: Okay, let's try someone. Let's try my future wife Ariana Grande.
0: Ariana Grande was in Gem and the Holograms 2015 with Jamie Bernadette, who was also in the Darkness uh, with, with Kevin, Kevin Baker.
1: I feel this game isn't that fun. How do you feel about this game? <laughs> this was, is just the people know people that once worked with some other person it game. Was,
0: it was funnier in my head in the past. How about, okay,
1: can we try one more? Okay. Cher.
0: Cher was in Moonstruck with Peter Austin Noto, who was in Planes, Trains and Automobiles with Kevin Bacon.
1: In 1987.
0: recording over what we've done.
1: Oh, God, I hope not. Oh, that shit. could you imagine.
0: <laughs> no! All the lovely intellectual stuff we talked about has been overwritten by the oracle of bacon.
1: <laughs> when did you stop eating bacon?
0: I went vegetarian two Septembers ago.
1: Well, that was poetically put.
0: Thank you. I remember it was after a trip to Norfolk. Um, well, that's
1: enough to put you off anything.
0: Yeah, but I, I just kept getting indigestion from all the meats. And I was like, oh, you know what? I can't deal with this. You had
1: to cut out the charcuterie bang. Yeah,
0: And then, like, we've also got Charlie, the rabbit. And then I was like, oh, I can't eat any more animals. Um, and Was also, rabbit
1: high on your menu?
0: No, but I just looked into her face and thought, if, if push talent comes to shove and we're in a zombie apocalypse, I don't think I could kill her and eat her. And then I thought... Maybe it would be an easy way to lose weight without having to try, <laughs> which is not a thing. I hate so much cheese.
1: <laughs> oh, so we've made up for it in Lactose Corner.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, it's actually quite fun and it's easy. I don't miss any meats except for kebabs and KFC.
1: So you process breadcrumb base.
0: Mm. Yeah, like rubby, salty takeaway. That's the only thing I miss.
1: Oh, I thought you said a rubby salty. I was like, what, <laughs> Rub- did, what did you do with this takeaway? <laughs>
0: I did say I don't eat it. <laughs> yeah. I don't eat it, but I rub it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the moisturising effect yeah. of kebab
0: meat.
1: <sighs> now, I've never had a kebab. I've lived 26 what? years of my life.
0: How oh. have you been gigging and going to uni and not having a kebab?
1: Do you know what I used to do at university? This is very bad. Because refu- we had catered halls. My university was very old. <laughs> Thank you. But the food was so bad... Um, And we were off campus in the original halls, which like this Victorian manor building, really, Mm. with below-par-90s primary school food.
0: Oh, I like... Not even the the
1: good bits. There were no turkey... No chalky sponge
0: with custard?
1: No, none of that.
0: No water in a tin?
1: No water... Yeah, that custard, (laughs) that that yellow water. (laughs) It was always in a, like, a copper jug. What was that? I
0: don't know. It's like when when Matilda put the newt in.
1: Hold the newt. (laughs) Uh, that was another classic from a childhood. Yeah. So the bar that we had on that particular site did a deal of like one Chicago town pizza and a bottle of red wine for ten pounds on a Friday. That's so I,
0: extortionate, still, isn't it?
1: Ah, uh, well, no, not for all of it, because there was a huge.
0: Ah, uh, I was thinking of those little no, not a mini one, like a big box. old
1: yeah. So I used to on a Friday. Buy the pizza and wine. Drink the wine probably over the course of the Friday. Mm. And then eke the pizza out. <laughs> so e- what do you mean? Eke it out. What so, does I, that mean? so I'd like make the slices last.
0: Oh. Periodically.
1: Obviously, it wouldn't last that. We'd, we'd probably get a push Tuesday. We left halls and then you're in a house that Jack built. Mm. Uh, I used to just live on smoked salmon and champagne.
0: <laughs> <laughs> smoked salmon and champagne. <laughs> it's such a... T-
1: Uh, So I used to go and buy that and then uh, not really eat anything else because I couldn't afford to.
0: (laughs) You were just high on protein and lovely bubbles.
1: protein and bubbles and uh, (laughs) emaciated and overdrawn.
0: (laughs) I'm an artist, darling. Because if I ever had to
1: see anyone offer me a pasta bake burnt ever again, I still can't eat pasta bake now.
0: What? That's such a treasure.
1: No, because university ruined it for me. I once went to a girl's house, university, and she offered me dinner and it was just cold pasta in a bowl. And I looked down with the eyes of, we need sauce and a compliments with this. Just
0: plain pasta.
1: Just plain cold pasta. And she <laughs> went, oh, sorry, I forgot. Came back and just put salt on it. And that was it. Oh, honey. And I went, I'm not having dinner here. <laughs> I stayed there while she suffered through that Oliver Twist meal. And I then,
0: need my salmon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there is nowhere near enough omega in this situation. <laughs>
0: I was on a diet of apples and vodka when I was in my second gym. Oh, so
1: yours was a neat spirit and fruit. Yeah. Mine was...
0: And cheesy baguettes.
1: Sparkling wine and <laughs> salmon.
0: Well, somehow, even with a part-time job, I still couldn't afford anything. Um, so I would go to my job at a popular pet's shop. <laughs> I don't know if I should say it.
1: Pet City.
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> I worked at... Pet City! <laughs> um, and there was also a supermarket en route, so I would go and get my uh, cup of soup for the week.
1: <laughs> Your cup of soup for the week? yeah you know,
0: there's like multi-packet. Yeah. Uh, a big cheesy baguette, and then that would be like, my lunches at work for a week. And then What's a, bag a cheesy
1: baguette? As in, like, that, the bread's cheesy? Or like the, yeah. the, che- the cheese in the...
0: So you, know, you go to the bakery section, at supermarket. Oh,
1: see, I take Umbridge with cheesy baguettes. Why? It looks like they've got some sort of growth.
0: Yeah, delicious growth. <laughs> Delicious,
1: cheesy growth. Yeah, no, I used to properly... Sweets, salmon, champagne. I used to drink a lot of wine. Really, liquid really got me through those. I wonder why my degree went so wrong.
0: I <laughs> wonder why your insides are so wrong.
1: I wonder why now I have serious internal problems. <laughs> and I put it down to those two years. Uh, I love to cook. In fact, at uni, in the later years, obviously, because I loved it But I used to like to buy ingredients... Ah. And everyone else used to... T- I had a housemate who lived on a fray-bentos pie out of a tin
0: mm. a
1: night. Where the house just cupboard was just Monday to Friday fray-bentos. And it put <laughs> you off. those
0: pill packets you get for Monday yeah. to Sunday, this pie. Oh,
1: same again. Yeah. <laughs> um, where I lived was basically the back of Windsor Great Park, which was the Queen's Garden. <laughs> so... We had nothing near us. Yep. I'd either went to Windsor, which was miles, I had to go all the way into a place called Egham, and that was a hike, hiking up there. And you know, I just was, I just, I'd go round to the corner shop, champagne, salmon, bush. <laughs> and maybe a curry.
0: Maybe a cheeky curry. <laughs> I once uh, I, I discovered I liked cheese when I was at uni, because um, growing up I could only eat it, if it was melted. So I'd have
1: cheese on toast, pizza. What of a solid element of cheese? I don't know, to it you? made me
0: gag. I could never have it, it made, right. made me feel sick until. The sweet summer of 2012, I think it was, where I, my taste buds have suddenly been, girl, get some cheese in me. So um, I would go to a supermarket, get a little bit of smoked A cheese. wheel of brie. <laughs> a wheel of brie for one. A <laughs> um, little bit of smoke. yeah, a whole sausage of sm- you know those little sausage-shaped smoked cheeses? Yes. I'd get that, cut them into slices and just eat them, I'd get a bottle of red wine, just have a little date with myself.
1: We used to do the odd, I'd, I we used to, I used to enjoy baked Cam and Bear Saturday. Mm-hmm. Just bake a camembert, buy a baguette, not move for the rest of the weekend.
0: Mm. I uh, chocolate Philadelphia came out at uni, so I'd get a t- loaf of tiger, sweet
1: Mary Jane. What is that
0: like a chocolate cheesecake? It was heaven, it was dairy milk Philadelphia.
1: Is that still a thing?
0: I don't think so.
1: It, uh, did the government step in and go, <laughs> This is too bad, we are embargoing this? <laughs> yeah,
0: it was so I'd get a whole like loaf chili of chili. tiger yeah. roll, Ooh. a tiger loaf. And I would just rip bits off like a dinosaur, dunk it in the chocolate field. I ate the whole thing.
1: Had you had brioche, mm. which is a sweet bread, yep. that would have been amazing. But I, you took a savoury bread
0: and bastardised
1: like. it with chocolate cheese.
0: I, I like the sweet versus savoury situation. Mm. I like a sort of caramel. I do. I like. It
1: depends on the context, though. Yeah, But then you have grapes and cheese, don't you? Yeah, so, yeah. You've
0: got to have a bit I'm of time. i my own hypocrite
1: right now. Yeah. I
0: feel a chocolate and brioche would have been too much for me.
1: You'd have been <laughs> comatose, yeah. type 2 diabetes.
0: <laughs> Whereas if I have enough savoury, I could eat more.
1: It's basically pudding and first course. <laughs> yeah. All in one. I don't
0: have time to waste, Christy.
1: Well, there <laughs> you go, yeah.
0: I need all my courses in one.
1: There are phases. I think the, the more successful periods of my life have been via alcoholism.
0: Mm. I need to stop drinking as much volume because I end up getting an inflamed wisdom tooth every time I have a binge. <laughs> I had a lot of Bacardi- Of all the things! Of all the things! I had a lot of Bacardi on Sunday, and my tooth rages up!
1: Last time I had a Bacardi breeze, I threw it over my granddad.
0: <laughs> Why? That was
1: the night of my 18th birthday party. Oh! And I was three sheets to the wind. On Bacardi Breezes? <laughs> on- we
0: like, I don't want this no more! <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm, Give I'm me a man, now. I
0: want champagne and salmon!
1: We are the last of the 90s.
0: Yeah, we we're, we're probably the last people to remember a time pre
1: social media. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why we're the ones that have been screwed over by it.
0: Our hip footprint on the internet is disgusting. Like we were let off on the internet without really any education.
1: The worst thing is when it used to slow down my dad's computer. <laughs> and then I'd be like, Dad, the computer's not working and he would just my dad, because my dad's quite cool, we're just He'd go through, like, the virus scanner and all these websites would come up. And he'd never say anything. He'd just be like, oh, here we go. Delete, delete. <laughs> How did that get on there? I was, <laughs> I was playing an online game.
0: <laughs> I was just playing Habbo Hotel. <laughs> I
1: was playing War Bears, and suddenly a pair of breasts just...
0: I remember first going on the internet and it was around with my friend's... Friend of the podcast, Sophie, hello. I uh, we went to her uh, house, um, she had internet, first friend to have internet. We were just, like, playing, like, some random puzzles online or something. And then the first of a pop-up I've ever seen came up. And it was all glittery and bright. And it says, click here to win free tickets to Disneyland. You've got 60 seconds. And then we went downstairs and, mom, Mom! can we please click on it? We can get free tickets. And she's like, no, don't click on it. It's not real. Oh, but it is. Oh, we've only got 10 seconds left, please. We didn't, thank God.
1: Oh, thank God you didn't. I, de- I definitely, I wouldn't have asked. I'd have just gone bonk.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, yes, please. Oh, I'd love to see Mickey.
1: I remember being completely flummoxed by the power of PowerPoint. Ah. Because we had a new IT suite built at our primary school while we were in year six, year five. I want to say year five because I can remember where I was sat. And some people in the class were deemed the IT kids.
0: Yeah.
1: And they got to do a little like PowerPoint course. Mm. And I remember this girl had made a dolphin do the flying picture effect onto a PowerPoint. Oh. I thought she was a TV programmer. It just blew all our minds. We were like, oh, you found a clip art picture of a dolphin. This and made witch. It witch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Burn her. Do
0: you remember our PowerPoint presentation on cheese?
1: Cheese. <laughs> I <don't laughs> remember your voiceover. <laughs> Jeddah cheese. Gorgonzola.
0: E damn.
1: Oh, the things! Who says we had a waste of an education?
0: <laughs> we just went on e bombs world the whole time.
1: Mm.
0: Watch salad fingers.
1: Salad. I like rusty spoons.
0: I don't know how to do a spreadsheet, but I'm now really into conspiracy theories because we would spend the whole class watching, reading, like, play the song backwards, and this John. L-
1: I shot John this L- This,
0: that's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we were doing. It was, Yoko, it was you. Yeah, it was you all along, Yoko. And, like, we'd w- read, like, ghost stories the whole time. But like, nobody was paying any attention to us.
1: Well, they said we were going to do computer animation, and it was actually design a Madagascar-themed restaurant. Yeah! <laughs>
0: That's beautiful. And for some restaurant.
1: reason, we watched Madagascar, but we watched the same bit. We get to the end of the In lesson. there It'll be a double lesson. We get to the same bit. We go, oh... Although the next week, rather than carrying on the movie, he go back to the beginning and just watch the movie. That
0: film's fucking old. Yeah. But the fear about acting and things like that, there's always going to be roles for every age.
1: Oh, yeah. Sadly, again, I know in the wake of the Me Too movement, we're pushing for, quite rightly, what the girls should be doing. But the acting industry for women is terrible because you're fine while you're a young woman, and then when you're, like, 30s, Forties.
0: Yeah, who was that actress? Is it Sally Field? Yeah. So one year she was playing Tom Hanks's girlfriend, and the next year she was playing his mum. Yeah. In Forrest Gump, I had that on a podcast or something. Yeah. So like in the space of a year, she was. But then
1: when you get to like 60, 70, you then can come back and suddenly start be playing a... all the old granny roles. Be the
0: funky granny. yeah. Play the
1: Maggie Smith Downton Abbey type stuff. Whilst men, we just plough on. Mm. In fact, we st- We tend to be start a lot later now, men. Mm. Most Hollywood leading men now are in their forties, and then we just keep going.
0: Mm. But um, I reckon there's many roles of villains for you. They Ooh. always hire British people for villains. I love,
1: and I've got a villainous face.
0: Mm.
1: When he's got eyebrows like this and cheekbones like that and fangs, He's <laughs> just a villainous <laughs> man. Yeah, no, I've, I, but they're much more fun. Yeah. I've never enjoyed playing the. No one remembers the true blue beige hero. No everyone.
0: one wants to be Sandy. Everyone wants to be Rizzo.
1: Everyone wants. Everyone wants to be Stockard Channing. Mm-hmm. I've all, just in life. Yeah. She played Hitler's mum, didn't she? In that. Awesome. Robert Carlyle rise to Hitler.
0: I did not know that. That
1: was stuck. I don't urge. think
0: I watched the beginning though.
1: Oh, did you not? No,
0: just...
1: Hitler the early years.
0: Yeah, I we watched it in history, didn't we? Mm. But I think we just skipped the bit where it was like all kicking off a bit.
1: But I prefer, I think we much preferred the film that you made about Hitler's life. <laughs>
0: yeah, I played Ava Braun. Yeah,
1: what well, did you did you do the death? Uh
0: no, no, I don't remember. I just remember marrying. I, I wore a wedding dress, and then I was lighting for a bit. And then... Oh,
1: you were, you were demoted?
0: Yeah. Uh, no, I like to think I was multi-talented.
1: Uh, let's look at it that way. That's not And we demoted. had seven
0: people in the class doing the video. There's seven <laughs>
1: people playing the whole of the Third Reich.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that was a good project. That's got to be somewhere on the internet.
1: You got to make a video. We actually had to do the qualification. I
0: just don't get Mussolini. I just didn't get it.
1: You just I just didn't understand I didn't get him. It, man.
0: Yeah. He was
1: like left wing and then he was right wing. You went
0: yeah, GCSE where it was all fun about like cowboys and shit and medicine, and then boom, Italian politics, and I'm like, I'm out.
1: <laughs> I don't want to know about the fascisti da combatimento. My
0: brain can't deal with this.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I just yeah, it's, it's funny, isn't it? How the same things that kept you interested when you were kids brings you back together now as adults.
0: This is why like for listeners at home, me and Christy have already just recently met back up again after, like, ten years. Like, after school, we never really kept in touch. But, like, it was as if no time had gone past.
1: Yeah, so from 16 to 26, yeah, it yeah, be ten years. It was ten
0: years. And it was just, like, funny how the universe brings people <laughs> back together. Because we're, like, still like exactly the same stuff. Still have this back and forth. We always leave feeling inspired after chatting to each other.
1: I think it's... um I think it's refreshing that we haven't changed. Mm. And I think a lot of people, I don't think they want to or know they are, but I think whatever social pressures or financial pressures or peer pressure, Mm. I think a lot of people try to conform and do change.
0: Yeah.
1: And I think that's maybe what attracted us to each other in the first place is that we were different to everyone else. So we didn't change. And I'm absolutely, I'm too late now. I'm invested in this. Yeah, I've never changed.
0: Do you reckon it's because we both pursued what we wanted to do? I think
1: so, blindly.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't think there's never been a... Only, I'd say, in probably the last three years have I had the glimmer of a a, a wobble in terms of confidence and in terms of... But well, a lot of things, personally, in my life have... have uh, it's been quite tumultuous. So mm. I think you do naturally have to... Up until that point, I'd never had anyone challenge my...
0: Mm.
1: I can... This will work, this will work, this will work. Um, Now, I'm... I'd say I'm. It's like an iron. I feel like I'm made of steel now. I think you just. I, mm. I've come out at the other side stronger than I think I was when I went through that. But. Q um, musical number. <laughs> <laughs> da.
0: This is me. This is my. <laughs> this is my moment. I'll
1: be there someday. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's me. Still I still haven't had that can breakthrough go yet. All
1: the distance. <laughs> um, yeah. No. I. Yeah, I just think we never... I think it's it's like a faith in yourself, a confidence in yourself, and I Mm. I don't see why... I just think I came out the womb confident. I don't think I've never Mm. had it... I've never been in an environment where people have gone, oh, don't be silly, you're not going to be able to do that. Mm. I've been in an environment where people have gone, you can do that. Like, the only times I've ever had arguments with my mother, who is a wonderful supporter of mine and, and a stage mummy, is when I've doubted... Or had a moment of doubt in me. And she's oh. gone, stop being an idiot. Get on the stage. Yeah. Because I think she sees that I can't really do it. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's like... Uh...
0: you shit everything else.
1: <laughs> you're, not pra- go- you're not practical. <laughs> you're not mathematical.
0: Make me proud. Put
1: a nice suit jacket on and Just job off on that stage. <laughs> do something. Yeah.
0: Anything. <laughs> and
1: what am I afraid of?
0: Yeah.
1: Manual labour. No. Um, probably not being noticed.
0: Mm. Same... I think there's me then.
1: I think think you've got one... The way I see life is you've got one shot at it. Why not make a big dent in it while you're on the planet? Mm. I don't know whether I'm a megalomaniac or was born with some maniacal Hannibal Lecter-esque sociopathic mind.
0: Where are you going with this, Christine?
1: (laughs) But, you know, most people... I want
0: to murder someone.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then eat them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I mean, I never ever wanted... Since I was a tiny kid, I never ever wanted to just be born do a job, get married, die, mm. I wanted to enter the world and leave the world with the world knowing that I was around.
0: A legacy. But I'd like people to
1: know that I was a a decent quote-unquote person. Oh yeah.
0: You I don't want to d- make a bad dent in the world, you want to make a good dent.
1: Yeah, a positive dent. I think dent's quite an aggressive term, but yeah. like, uh,
0: like a... Like a, a mound?
1: A pleasant rock pool. <laughs> <laughs> a footprint. Yeah, but like uh, I don't know, but I just be a decent. I want people to know who's a decent, decent person. Yeah. A kind person.
0: Yeah, I like making people's day. That's That's why I like doing pet portraits. Like I've, I've had some really nice comments about people, when they've got them saying, "Oh, this made my mum very happy," or, "My dad's going through this at the moment, and your pet portrait made him happy." Like that's like, oh my god, I didn't expect (laughs) that from a painting of a dog, but like it's, I like being part of someone's life
1: through my eyes no, I like to cheer people up mm. it's quite sweet it is it's quite sweet which I love doing it's weird I don't know when that you sort of fit into your role within a family don't you I don't know mm. when I then became the cheerer upper
0: I always revert back to being a kid when I'm with them I'm always like the, I'm even though I'm the older sister I'm the most pathetic <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm always like the little weedy one who's like hey everyone can we play things like that so I like going home it's quite cute
1: I think I don't care what people think which I think is a good thing to have at 26
0: I'm starting to get like that now because
1: I think a lot of people don't get that to they're much older and in fact most people not most people but I think some people don't ever get that they're constantly no. worried about what people think and I've never as a kid wasn't until really uni and when kind of cliques and college maybe that the, that kind of negativity came into play and you started to think okay but then out, outside of that I don't give a toss what people think. And that's the real secret to life, is that no one really knows what they're doing. You're just sort of holding on. And don't give a toss what people think. Because of the three people that don't like you, there'll be 33 people that do. So Mm. why bother wasting your time on those people?
0: That's a very specific number.
1: Thank you. I don't know why three (laughs) came to mind. 33. That, just in my case, (laughs) is only three people. Uh,
0: I I learnt that from my mum. My mum is very out there, funny, flamboyant, goofy... And as a kid, I always thought it was embarrassing, but all my friends loved it. And now I'm like that. I'm now that flamboyant, loud person at a party who drinks too much, but I'm like, if you think I'm loud, just get out of my way. This is who I am, baby. <laughs> Put your
1: headphones in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I don't. I just, I think that's the rule, so you could just live your life. Don't live someone else's life or live someone else's version of your life.
0: What's your goal? Your number one dream?
1: Making a lot of people laugh. But more than that, I've, it's not, I've got a load of, I've got a journal out fat and I keep I write ideas going back I have the ideas I want to do that I've had probably for 15 years mm. I've had when we were at school I've had younger that as I've grown older it started off as a little kind of child's idea of something that I still think oh I'll make that one day mm. I mean it's like TV shows films movies what I'd like to build is the biggest theatre in the world
0: oh that's interesting
1: and I'd quite like a drama school mm. Sorry, my
0: stomach <laughs> I, I hope I hope they've got on mic. <laughs> that vegan full English has gone right through me.
1: <laughs> that was amazing. It was
0: good, that felt really nice.
1: Have you deflated? There's one of
0: those hollow ones.
1: <laughs> That's exceptional.
0: Yeah. Um Shut up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um no, I'd quite like I don't know, I always think bigger is always better. I've never dreamt small.
0: Nah.
1: I've never ever dreamt small, so I don't know why I'm going to start dreaming small. Now. Where would
0: your theatre be? Southampton?
1: No. I don't know. Somewhere in the middle of the countryside. <laughs> People have to trek out to go <laughs> and see it. But no, I just, I want to, I don't know, start making decent quality stuff. Hmm. Not that I'm saying that nothing's decent quality, but just real... Soul soul getting back to that soul getting back to that soul stuff like musicals um, I do want to do an album
0: mm.
1: which I'm still toying with at the moment um, sort of jack of all trades really I'd quite like to be a bit of a one man conglomeration mm. of good not like a faceless corporation but just a, a you know a bit of the Midas touch I'd like to be every project I'd like to do I'd like to do it so that I'm contributed to it in a positive yeah. way why do you think we are creative? I have no idea. That's a did. very existential question.
0: Don't I? I've just always done it. It's how I played as a child, sorry, I just put on you. My way of playing. Stomach's
1: going, she's We've got all sorts of bodily functions going on now.
0: <laughs> I've just thought that's just how I used to play. I would draw films I watch and come up with characters for my toys and make them speak and.
1: That's what I come think. up
0: with comics things like yeah, that. I yeah, that's the same
1: as me. I always play with someone else. I don't else. think
0: I was born with anything special about me. I know I'm definitely born not adept to do maths and science, so maybe it's like you know when you lose a sense, you're better, you're, at, you're at, the better others. at the other ones. Yeah, yeah. I think the... I was born with more of a. I was born with like a drive. I've always had a drive and self confidence, and not having needed anyone to tell me what to do to do it.
1: Proactivity.
0: That's the word. I've always been proactive. I was never one to complain about how nothing's going right. I was always one to come up with ideas on how to make new stuff. Always making content, I suppose. Always positive. So I was born with positivity and proactivity, and that's probably from my parents as well.
1: Or maybe they're the two P's that I want to put into the world. Positivity yeah. and proactivity. Yeah. I've always been interested in people. Yeah. I love interactions. That's and... the third P. People, positivity, proactivity, and people. Yeah. I want to do people.
0: If, if I... I'm in people.
1: <laughs> in all senses of that word.
0: <laughs> that If I ever have a business, like a corporation, that'll be the like... The three P's. The three P's of Amy Harwood in ink.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Amy Inc. Amy Inc.
0: Amy um, Ink. If you're listening <laughs> to this shit... <laughs> I'm joking, this is good. Um,
1: I don't know I what wanna, this is anymore. I want
0: to do a Q&A thing. I want people to like write in. I, I, I talked about the inspiration well in my first episode, yeah. that my well was dry. If your inspiration well is also dry, this is where you come in and talk to us about a project you're working on or maybe you got some work for school or college or you got a client brief you don't really know how to tackle. Email me at artandstuffpod.com actually, what's my email?
1: <laughs> Bear
0: with, everybody. I think it's artandstuffpod at gmail.com. For fuck's sake.
1: I think Amy's about to lay an egg. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: where can people find you? I know you're off the, off the grid. But... Uh, part,
1: well, on the grid social media christy underscore comedy underscore chaos
0: Yeah,
1: I'm actually going to stick something up there probably now we've done this I can stick something on there
0: I'll tag you in our one I tend to
1: stick when I'm doing work but I need to keep that up if I could employ a person to be social for me Mm. that would be great
0: yeah because I love people but
1: I love people in the flesh yeah I don't love talking to this ethereal when yes. your
0: um, shows come round, you're going to have to, like, proper, like, shout about it, I suppose. Oh,
1: I do the shouting then, yeah. yeah but it's actually very bad for your Close. voice. Metaphorical shout.
0: But yeah. Um, so.
1: I'll take that old microphone. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll take i'll take record
1: myself. <laughs> I'll take the one that goes. <laughs> <laughs> the one that running
0: You know the one I mean though, yeah. don't you? Like, the big
1: one, the bulbous one. Yeah, it's green
0: one. and like there's like some sort of foil in it that makes your voice echo and if you just clamp on, suck, it's like. Joe, <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know, I never did that. What a waste.
0: I could have been a singer. What a lack of a Singers. childhood I had! So, <laughs> Amy, stop sucking on the microphone.
1: <laughs> You're sucking on microphones. I'm missing the beginning of Jurassic Park. Yeah, we turned out all right.
0: We're fine. It's all good. This was Art and Stuff. You can follow this podcast at Art and Stuff Pod on Instagram and Twitter. I'm Amy Harwood, which is Amy Harwood with three Ds on Instagram again. Whoever has Amy Harwood, please delete your Instagram so I could just have that, please.
1: <laughs> with three Ds? Yeah. You're not a double D, you're a triple a triple D. D.
0: Anytime, <laughs> <laughs> time I'll ever be a triple D is so, in my Instagram. Uh,
1: so who's had one D? I don't know. Uh, so there's a one D and a two D?
0: Yeah. Well, actually, no, I did two... I went straight for three because... So you're the
1: three-dimensional version of yourself, yeah. and then there's a two-dimensional. Yeah. Don't bother with her. She's just see-through. She's all surface. You want this three-dimensional one.
0: Yeah, exactly. She, she's fake news. <laughs> this is
1: her. <laughs> she's a cardboard cutout of a woman. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so uh, thanks for joining us, Christy. It was
1: my pleasure.
0: Have another drink of squash before you go. Um, Oh, don't
1: push it. Uh,
0: (laughs) We're going all out today. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for listening, guys, and have a good day. Keep arty and stuffy.